0: Hey, everybody, thank you for downloading. Before we get started, I just wanted to express really quick that yes, Zack Snyder's Justice League is out there. It's in the world. We've consumed it. It's a mythical unicorn no longer. So, this episode is not a Zack Snyder's Justice League review, but there will be one coming in the very near future. So, keep your eye on those podcast feeds. But, really quickly, I wanted to give you some spoiler free thoughts. I absolutely loved the film. It's everything I wanted in a Justice League movie and more. It's absolutely not a perfect film, but what film is? Our thoughts will be coming in an episode. In fact, it's going to be our very next episode. It will be a spoiler-filled episode covering Zack Snyder's Justice League. But today is all about our Batman, Ben Affleck. This is a Batman show, after all. So I hope you guys enjoy our dive into the journey of Batfleck. And remember, as Batman says, I like those shoes. Ladies and gentlemen. Have we started the fire? Yes, the fire rises. Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to the second episode of The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast where we focus on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If, If you're listening and you checked out the first episode, I'd like to say thank you Uh, We've had good response so far, so I'm I'm thrilled to continue to bring you episodes. Um, If you'd like to find us, you can find us at just about any podcasting outlet, Google Play, uh, iTunes, any of the outlets that are out there. We're pretty much there now. If you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us at TFRBatPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you'd like to email the show, you can do that at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. Now, I am your host. My name is Eric Carter, and today we're here to talk to you about the journey of Batfleck. That's right, the journey of Ben Affleck in the role of Batman through Batman v Superman to today. Now, I didn't want to do this alone, so I'm bringing back my co-host from episode one, Joe Fornato. Joe, how you doing, buddy?
1: I am good, Eric. Thank you for having me back on for the second episode. Uh, the first episode was a blast. I'm glad that people are checking it out, and uh, I'm definitely uh, happy to continue this journey with you.
0: Thanks, man. I- I'm glad to have you here. Um, so, what uh, have you have you heard anybody that's checked out the show? Have you heard anybody saying anything, or or is it just kind of quiet right now?
1: <laughs> well, the tough part for me is I've been. I've been really non-existent on social media with uh, with Justice League coming out uh, in two days from this recording, so I'm trying to to really stay off there. So I apologize if people are uh, are talking about it; I'm not there. So um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll do more interacting once the movie comes out, and I can I can relax a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. So we are recording a few days before the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But this episode will not drop until a few days later. So when you're listening to this, Zack Snyder's Justice League is out there. It's already blown all of our minds. We're all going nuts. So uh, just remember that when you listen back. So to start this journey, we're going to start at the beginning. Um, We're going to start with Man of Steel. So Man of Steel came out. It was announced – or not not Man of Steel was announced, but – the movie premiered, and then shortly after, at San Diego Comic Con 2013, they had a DC panel in which Zach uh, unveiled the plans for the sequel to Man of Steel. Now, Joe, what do you remember about this this panel?
1: I remember. I, I don't remember if they live streamed it or I just saw a clip of it right after it happened, and I remember, you know the. Uh, Harry Lennox doing the the monologue from the dark Knight returns and everyone just losing their mind that Batman was going to be in this movie. And they flashed the logo on the screen, which if I remember correctly, it's pretty damn close to the actual logo they ended up using. And, uh, and it was just, we were kind of just, you know, off and running from that point on, it was just all excitement of, wow, we're getting Batman and Superman on the screen.
0: Yeah. I want to say – I don't think it was live-streamed. I want to say it was one of those where someone recorded – several people recorded it in the crowd, and then it it ended up on YouTube. I don't think they were showing Comic-Con clips online, like official Comic-Con clips online at the time. I could be mistaken, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really don't –
0: yeah, I don't either. But I, I, I do remember specifically the, the Harry Lennox um the Dark Knight returns excerpt that you mentioned, which was fantastic. And um and then the logo being being shown on the screen. And I remember that crowd going absolutely nuts. It 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 made the hair raise on my arms watching it. And I remember watching just about every Every angle of that video that, that I could find on YouTube at the time. But anyway, after that, uh, a few months later, August 22nd, 2013, Ben Affleck was announced as being cast as Batman. And we all remember, maybe not so fondly, that this was not met with um, a lot of praise, I guess. Uh, what What do you... What were your feelings when you heard that Ben Affleck was cast, Joe? And and what did you think about the reaction?
1: Well, it was I remember it breaking late at night. I remember getting ready for bed. I mean, I'm on the East Coast, so it probably wasn't as late for some of the West Coast people. But I remember getting ready for bed and just seeing it and going, huh. I kind of like that. Like, that's OK. Like, I, 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 and I'll be honest, I did not know much about Ben Affleck as an actor other than daredevil at the time i hadn't seen a lot of his movies up until that point and i just i'm not the type of person to freak out over casting um i'm kind of uh you know if we haven't already learned from all of the past freakouts like keith ledger and michael keaton it's like i've just learned to just kind of go with the flow on these castings and trust the reason that that they're cast i mean these directors know what they're doing most of the time so i just remember going huh like that's cool and i went to bed i don't even think i looked at any of the reactions you know this is back in 2013 um i honestly don't even remember it being that close to comic-con too like it happened
0: quick yeah Uh, it, it wasn't long after
1: yeah but that was that was pretty much it um and then yeah then then the freak out you know i started seeing the freak out the following day obviously (laughs)
0: Yeah, so I was pretty – I was kind of shocked at first because Ben Affleck was just on nobody's radar, I don't think. Um, But I wasn't one of the ones that really hated it because Ben was just coming off of The Town and Argo at the time, Mm -hmm. and he had Oscar success with him. Um, He was fantastic in the director's chair and on screen. So, yeah, I had no issue with it. I was just kind of surprised. Um, I do remember that supposedly Christian Bale was interested in playing Batman again, but was never approached by WB. Do you remember this?
1: Well, I remember. I want to say it was Um, Berta Gonzalez had this whole big thing about how wb was trying to really push for nolan and uh you know bale to really be a part of this and apparently that was like they were really close to getting it done and people were freaking out about that and i mean i would have gone with it but i i looking back i definitely am glad that that wasn't the case because i like the nolan trilogy as is but um Yes, I I I do remember all of that going on, and you're right. Affleck was not on anyone's radar from from what I remember as well. It was um one of the big uh one of the big ones was Josh Brolin that everyone kept going back to, and I don't mm-hmm. know if there was any smoke to that. I mean, any um you know any uh fire with that smoke? It was more just fan speculation. I don't know if any of that actually was gonna happen.
0: Well. I think Brolin could have fit. I mean, I'm I'm so happy that we got Ben Affleck, but Brolin definitely fit the mold.
1: Oh, yeah. I I wouldn't have had any problem with it. I just don't know if there was actually any credibility to those rumors or if it was just, you know, one of those cases where the fans talked about it so much that, like, people started thinking it was actually happening.
0: Yeah, which – I mean, it's unfortunate that Brolin just never had any comic book success after that, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, he hasn't done anything since then, the poor guy. Yeah,
0: he's a bum now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's only he hasn't been in any franchises.
0: <laughs> but now I guess what was most surprising to me about Affleck is because I remember and in fact I have the quote right here that he had Affleck had stated that his role as Daredevil had quote-unquote inoculated him from ever playing another superhero. So I guess that's that's what was so surprising to me is I just I – never, I never thought he would come close to, to the genre again.
1: Well, and I think that should have been everyone's, I guess, peace of mind because think about what would have had to have brought him back. It had to have been a story that he thought, OK, if I'm going to come back for something, it has to be good. And I just I think that was what I just kept going back on was after what happened with him in, in the Daredevil film. I, I got to think that Ben is really on board with this. He's not going to just come back for something that he's, you know, iffy on. So that had me the most excited. And like I said, I really, I mean, I had seen The Town. I don't remember if I had seen Argo prior to his casting. I What I did after he was cast was I went back and watched, you know, a lot of Affleck films. And not to get too much on a tangent, I will say one of my favorite Affleck movies is um, Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl. And
0: mm.
1: my wife actually made me watch that. And God bless her. She made me watch that before she was pregnant. And I wanted to kill her because um i don't know if anyone i don't know if you've seen that movie or if anyone here is about to have kids and they they watch that movie like it it's it's a rough watch <laughs> so um but i loved him in that film i thought he acted the hell out of that movie and that was actually you know to be honest that was the movie where i said okay this guy i i'm looking forward to seeing what this guy brings to batman
0: mhm yeah, and honestly, that's the best way to approach it. That's what I've done with Robert Pattinson. I mean, I've I've dove into Robert Pattinson's filmography. And you can't just you can't just blindly hate a casting if you haven't if if you have one idea of what the actor is. And I think, you know, that similar to Pattinson, Ben Affleck like, had that. He had some roles in his past that people were like, uh, I just I don't see it. But when you step back and you and you give them a chance and you dive through their filmography, just like Pattinson, Affleck is a very accomplished actor and, and director at this point. But anyway, so after the the casting news, it was, it was a little while later, uh, WB announced that the Man of Steel sequel would be titled Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice. Now – a Batman v Superman movie had been in development for many years, um, and I think a lot of people would have been just fine with just the Batman versus Superman title. But we got Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which I'll be honest, I love the movie. This is still a clunker of a title for me. What about you?
1: Well – ironic that you say that. I very rarely ever say the whole title, and I'm looking at a Funko Pop for Batman vs. Superman, and the Funko Pop doesn't even say Dawn of Justice on it. It says Batman vs. Superman. So, it it pretty much has just become Batman vs. Superman to most people, or BVS, just to make mm-hmm. it even simpler. Um, I I understand what they're going for with the Dawn of Justice, because they wanted to, to make it clear to people that, I mean we were getting to justice league at some point. I mean, they weren't very subtle with it.
0: Yeah, you're right. And and it's uh it's funny you bring up that BVS is is pretty widely accepted. Well, it's what everybody pretty much calls it now. I I just don't know if ZS, uh, ZSJL is going to catch on as as much as BVS yeah. did. Not quite. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. But anyway. No, 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 no. After the title, um, then on May thirteenth, twenty fourteen, Zack Snyder revealed a photo of Batman in the or Ben Affleck in the Batman suit, and this was the day after he teased a Batmobile reveal. He had a picture of the Batmobile with a with a cover on it partially off, where you could see like, like the back tire and things like that. So everybody thought we were going to get a Batmobile reveal. And then very next day we get a full Batman reveal. Do you remember this picture coming out?
1: I do. That was such a fun day because we all just were so pumped to see the Batmobile, and then mm-hmm. at a you get that reveal and you're like, oh man, like Zach just he just brought it with, you know, the the full Batman reveal. And I think it's the photo that ended up becoming the sad Batman meme, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it
1: Unfortunately. did. But it, it was – I mean if you had any doubts of what Ben would look like in the suit, they should have been gone right then and there.
0: Well, the the first thing I remember thinking is, good lord, he's huge. Oh, yeah. And that picture – I mean it's become one of my favorite images of Batman in all media – in fact, I, I actually have a framed and signed copy of that photo by Ben Affleck. I I love it. That picture just I don't know. It's it screams kind of the, the a little bit of the Miller Batman, but also um, it has a little bit of the Jim Lee aspect to it. I think. But yeah, I was yeah. I was like you. I was stoked for this picture when it came out.
1: I think it was cool that years later we even got like alternate versions of those pictures from Zach different Mm -hmm. angles of the Batmobile and yeah it was it was just a great reveal to really just you know start the hype for that movie
0: absolutely yeah and then um not long after that we got we got the the full Batmobile reveal by Snyder in September uh so so slowly just like now and the black and white reveal photos are nothing new for Zach he's been doing this for a long time um, but then San Diego Comic-Con 2014 so a year after the announcement the first exclusive sneak peek was uh, was posted was unveiled at Comic-Con the teaser leak, a teaser that was supposed to come out later uh, was released by Zach on Twitter in April 16th 2015 uh, it was attended for theaters 4 days later do you remember that
1: If I remember right, the teaser that was released is a little shorter than the one that was actually shown in the theaters. They gave a little bit of an extra thing for the theaters because the entire teaser was supposed to be strictly for the theaters. And I did not make it to a theater to see the teaser. Um, The closest one for me was about an hour away. And I really was um, disappointed I couldn't make it. But yes, I I do remember that. That's the Tell Me Do You Bleed teaser, isn't it?
0: I think so, yeah. I don't remember it being being short the teaser being shorter than what was in theaters, but that's yeah. that's just my memory.
1: So um if I remember correctly, when the regular teaser ends, there's like an extra shot of the two of them running at each other. Um mm-hmm. that was in the theater. Uh I don't remember if it leaked or just people were talking about it, and I'm assuming it's actually like an edited version of them running at each other um You know, during the fight, you know, later on in the fight, but it was spliced to look like it happened, I guess, just at that moment. But, yeah, that's it was actually like a little extra thing for the people that actually made it to the theater because they were disappointed that it leaked.
0: Right. So the original release was planned for July 17th, 2015, which was then moved to May 6th, 2016 and then moved back to March 25th, 2016. And WB claimed that the move was not in any way to avoid Captain America Civil War, which I tend to call BS.
1: Yeah, someone was gonna move, and I'm glad it was BBS because we got to see it, you know, sooner. Um, that was such a dumb thing by by the studios to even do that, but Someone had to move. Nobody's going to admit why they moved, and it is what it is. I, I think it'll be one of those things that's mostly forgotten. But uh, yeah, it was it was just a dumb pissing contest at the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now the move from 2015 to 2016. At the time, I don't think the the worry and stress over a movie moving uh, release dates had really started yet. I think that started after BBS because yeah, I, it seemed.
1: the reason for that was,
0: well, supposedly it was to to give Snyder time to flesh out his vision.
1: It was. Yeah. And it was probably because that was when it went from being, you know, a sequel to how are we going to, you know, really expand on this? Uh, And I'm just speculating here, but that's I mean, yeah, I don't remember it being a big deal when it was pushed back, though. I like, Like you said, it really wasn't an issue.
0: No, but I feel like people began to point back at this movie whenever future movies would push their their release. It would be like, Oh, well, it's got production problems, you know. I feel like that became a thing after this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird revisionist history because I don't remember there being any discussions of this having production issues.
0: Right. So we've made it to release. March twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. Um the movie had an enormous opening weekend. It had a global opening of 420 million dollars, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But what do you what do you remember about opening weekend?
1: <laughs> well, did you go to one of the early screenings on Monday?
0: I honestly don't remember. I saw it very early, but I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think I did. All
1: right. Well, I got to tell a little bit of a story because the opening of BVS will always be one of the biggest, um, experiences of my life. So (laughs) I went to LA the prior year or maybe Mm -hmm. a year and a half earlier, and we only stayed for three days and we loved it and we wanted to go back to LA. So we planned another trip to Los Angeles for when Batman vs Superman would come out. So we could go to the WB lot again, take another tour of the lot a, a longer tour this time. And I wanted to see BVS at the Chinese theater on opening night. So when that happened, they announced the early screenings on Monday and I'm like, well, crap, I can't go to an early screening now because I'm not getting into LA till Monday and I don't want to risk not going. So but we did, so we made a, we literally, we're from New Jersey, and we took a trip to Los Angeles for the opening of this movie. We got to go to the WB lot on Tuesday. I had all my Batman gear on for the tour. The lady that was doing the tour was joking with us the whole time. She's like, oh, you're in a surprise. So, the marquee at the movie theater at the lot had Batman vs. Superman on it, because that's where they hold a lot of the screenings. And the Batmobile was on the lot. So I got to take a picture with the Batmobile on the lot. Um, oh, it, wow. It was an unbelievable experience for, for my wife and I. And then when the movie came out, listen, I I held no bones about it. There was no way I wasn't going to love this movie. Because it was just such an experience. So, so yeah. I Thursday night, I remember... I honestly remember... Wednesday or Thursday, I spoke to Andy because the the fan screenings were so good. Everything was positive Monday after those fan screenings. And then Mm -hmm. the review started coming out on Wednesday, if I remember right, or Thursday. And that's when it started. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, so I do remember now, I did not see the early screening because I had already read reviews by the time yeah. I saw the movie.
1: So I remember talking to Andy and he said he loved it, um, but I remember seeing the reviews and I, it was the worst, <laughs> best experience I've ever had in a movie because it was one of those movies where I'm watching and I'm like – okay, I'm liking this. What's going to happen? So when is it going to make a turn? When are the wheels going to fall off? Why? When's something bad going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you want me to get into like the movie itself, but I just remember getting to the Batmobile chase scene and going, oh, this is when everyone probably lost their crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, was a, it was a tough experience because I was really digging the movie. But I remember just being so bummed out by the reviews that I remember watching that scene and going, oh, I wish they didn't do this because this is why everyone hates it. And I was just bummed. But I love the movie. Like I I mean, the theatrical cut definitely has its issues, but I still walked out of that theater going, like, okay, it's a lot to digest. I need to see it again. And that's usually Mm -hmm. how I feel. Movies. I'm too excited and too overwhelmed most of the time on my first viewing. But you go ahead and uh, talk about your experience.
0: So I know you've heard Andy Degenova talk about his experience with the film, and mine is very similar to his, because I was so excited this movie leading up to it, especially once we started seeing images and things like that, and I just love the way that Ben looked in the suit. I was psyched for it. And then the week before the movie premiered, the reviews just really bummed me out. And I remembered walking, walking into the theater the day I saw it was like walking to the gallows because I was just waiting for this to be crap. And to my surprise, like you I just I, the whole movie. I was waiting for the drop off, and actually, at the time, I I don't know if it was just you know my blind bias for for these characters or what, but even the scene that you're talking about the the chase scene where Batman's honestly, I mean, just mowing people down, it really didn't hit me at that time. Like, oh, this is what people hate. This is what people don't like. I I had a sense that while I was watching the movie, I had a sense that maybe this the the continuous sort of dour Superman was maybe what was getting people. But other than that, I mean, I was like, I, I love this movie. And I did think it had some some choppy issues, some editing issues. But at the time, it was like, I, I walked out of the theater really confused as to what people hated so much about the movie. And people did hate this movie. I mean <laughs> – we talked about the, the $420 million opening weekend, which was amazing, and then in, this movie had one hell of a drop-off. I, I just knew after the opening weekend that this movie was going to make a billion dollars, and it absolutely did not. Do, do you remember no, – I, I don't have it in front of me, but the, the second weekend was like a historic drop. It was a record-breaking drop.
1: Someone I just heard about – someone actually gave the number on another podcast. I want to say it was a 75% drop.
0: I don't think it was quite that high, but it it was was very close. Because I think a
1: normal is 50, and I think this was 60 or 65 then maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was was um, in that range.
1: But I just – I'm so thankful that I did – what i did because i think i was able to just enjoy my whole experience um i mean the bat suits were on display at the chinese theater when i was there the bat suit the superman suit the wonder woman suit like all that stuff was on display i mean it was just an experience for for us to be part of the you know that theater and which is an amazing theater um and then i saw it again friday morning uh, at the same theater and that's when I really loved the movie because I just got to see the movie for what it was. And mm-hmm. it's weird. Cause like you said, people hated this movie. I am still amazed to this day at the people that hate this movie that actually never saw the movie because the reviews were just so hyperbolic and just filled with vitriol and just piling on and piling on that people read the reviews and just didn't go Mm -hmm. and people hated this movie without even seeing it and i think that's what bummed me out the most about this film is it was like people reviewed it just to get people to not to get other people to hate it as much as they said they did and yeah i mean we could talk for hours on just this but that's that's really the the most heartbreaking thing for me was i get you not liking a movie but the movie didn't kick your puppy
0: yeah exactly and and i don't want to dive fully into the movies because that's that could be podcast in and of themselves but yeah. yeah you're right it's and it it seems like a trend that that just goes on and on with this franchise unfortunately but regardless of the reception of this film it was it was pr- pretty widely accepted that ben affleck was a fantastic batman like for all the all the vitriol and things that came out of this film ben affleck was pretty universally praised for his performance
1: yes even the people that didn't necessarily care for the take on batman even the negative reviews said the best part was Ben's performance as Bruce Wayne and Batman. So, as far as you know, Ben Affleck goes, it was definitely a positive as far um, you know review-wise for him.
0: Mm-hmm. And then later later in the year, in the summer of 2016, uh, we got BBS the Ultimate Edition. Which was, which was released. What do you remember about the lead-up to the Ultimate Edition being released?
1: I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing the article that first broke the news that we were getting a three-hour version. They broke that before we even saw the theatrical version. So it was like Zach wanted people to know, hey, there, this is not the version I wanted out there. So we knew that that was coming even before we saw the movie in the theater. And... Mm-hmm. I remember it was also one of the longest waits from a digital to a physical release that we've ever seen. It was like July. Did you give a date for the digital? It was, it was, um, I want to say it was July, uh, was it June 29th?
0: Yeah, it was late June when the digital released, and then it was mid July when the physical came out
1: it was at least 3 weeks apart cuz mm-hmm. we had never had that big of a gap from a digital to a physical right. and there was no way i was waiting those three <laughs>
0: So i so you bought I, you bought I the digital I,
1: oh i took off work that day and i i could not wait to just watch that that version um and oh man <laughs> i mean you know within the first i mean they even released trailers for the ultimate edition that gave us new clips, you know, in just the trailer and yeah, you know, from the first 15 minutes, wow, this is definitely different. This makes a lot much more sense, even though I kind of got the gist the first time. No, this, this is a little different now. And Mm -hmm. it pretty much felt like that through the whole movie. You're watching it going, why did they cut this? Why did they cut this? And just the little stuff that they cut that I'll never understand.
0: Yeah. So, I had to dodge so many spoilers because I did not go for the digital.
1: This oh, was at wow. a time
0: where – yeah, this was at a time where I wasn't doing digital purchases at all. Like I didn't I didn't do the digital movies. So I do remember this is the first Steelbook that I had ever pre-ordered at Best Buy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was just like chomping at the bit to get this movie uh, when it came out physically. But yeah, I rem I remember all the people talking about the digital version, and I just kind of I did sort of what you're doing now with with Justice League. I went on a social media embargo, uh, w- waiting for my physical copy to get there. But yeah, yeah, exactly like you said, this is this is pretty much the Snyder Cut V one. Like It's not to the extent of what we're about to get with Zack Snyder's Justice League, but it completely just – it doesn't change the film, but it makes it much more coherent. It makes it much more understandable, especially, I would say, for, for people who were very confused about how we got from point to point in the theatrical version. This version just lays out so much more and gives you so much more backstory and so many through lines that were cut from the theatrical.
1: Well, the main takeaway I took as far as the plot goes is the the whole Africa sequence and the woman that you don't even know she's being coerced into lying in the theatrical, they make it like she is the bad guy in the theater or she's telling the truth in the theatrical, that whole storyline. If I remember correctly, you don't even see her get killed in the theatrical. Like none of that is part of the theatrical version. And then I remember all of Clark's reporting and Mm -hmm. I'll never forgive the, uh, as stupid as it is, the, there were two things that literally took like a total, of maybe 20 seconds that they cut out. It was Superman saving people out of, after the Capitol explosion and um, Bruce saying, I don't deserve you, Alfred. Those Mm -hmm. are the two things that it's like, really you had to cut those because they were so strict on that two and a half hours that they were cutting little, little pieces here and there. And it's just, it's frustrating looking back.
0: What's interesting though. I mean, for the purposes of this show there was really no Batman cut nope. from, from the theatrical version. But pretty much Batman's through line is is what we get in both versions. Um, but I digress. Well, so
1: ironically – Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just ironically because W Zach always gets this stigma of not liking Superman where maybe it's the studio that doesn't like Superman <laughs> because – Zack's not the one that cut the Superman scenes.
0: No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. But following BVS and the and the ultimate edition, the next thing we got was with with Ben as Batman was Suicide Squad, and it had been announced in January of 2016 that Ben was confirmed to appear in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. And when we got the film, I mean, regardless of of what you thought of that film as well, Affleck appeared as Batman in multiple sequences capturing the villains Harley Quinn and Deadshot. And for my money, the Batman scenes in Suicide Squad are, are the best parts of Suicide Squad. What do you think, Joe?
1: And they are on par with his scenes in BVS. Some would argue they are actually better scenes than what he gets in BVS because it's showing him being more the traditional Batman, if you will. Um, I love his scenes, and it's hard to talk about those Batman scenes without his his appearance with Amanda Waller at the end, which is mm-hmm. probably the most Batman scene you're getting. Um, even though he's not in the cowl. Now, do you, do you remember seeing the Batmobile? Uh. I want to say it was in was it Vancouver or Toronto? I think it was Toronto. When they were filming? I don't
0: I don't recall, but it's one of those two.
1: Yeah. Do you remember that whole thing though where it they were basically encouraging people to tape it?
0: Yeah, the the quote unquote set photo leaks. Yeah. I, I do remember seeing um I remember seeing the Batmobile and I remember seeing pictures of Batman on top of Joker's car. Yes. But yeah, uh, the only thing out of that movie – I mean the Harley Quinn chase and capture scene and the deadshot scene were fantastic. The only thing I wish we would have gotten – and it's it's just be me being greedy at this point – I would have loved to have seen him capture Killer Croc.
1: Yeah, I knew that's where you were going because I – it's the only one that – and – it's never been said one way or the other that he filmed something for that, right? I would assume he didn't because I think we would have heard something about that. But yeah, that that would have been something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think even if – I mean, and David Ayer has come out and said that the film is, is not what what he wanted either. It's a very similar situation to, to uh, Zach's situation with Justice League except that – uh, well, I would say it's more like the BBS situation because what we got was not what David wanted to release. But no, I don't. I don't think there was ever any Killer Croc and Batman scene.
1: Yeah.
0: But anyway, as as you mentioned, there was a end credit scene in Suicide Squad where Bruce Wayne meets Amanda Waller, and it's it's basically a Justice League setup. So at the time, yeah, still excited. That was a great end credit scene.
1: It's funny. I totally forgot that it was meant to be a Justice League setup. I re- I just, for whatever reason, I just, I remember it being a great Amanda Waller confrontation. But now I'm going to have to add that to my, uh, just the, the post credit scene. I'm going to have to add to my rewatch before uh, Justice League comes out on Thursday. <laughs> but it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's, I pulled it's the scene
0: big... up as I was. I pulled the scene up as I was I was I was taking notes for this show. Yeah, it's it's such a good scene, and and like you, I'd forgotten that it was as much of a Justice League setup as it is. Yeah. Because it it really starts as Bruce almost threatening um, uh, Waller with the with the squad, kind of telling her to shut it down. Mm-hmm. But then she's giving him information on metahumans, so it's it's that byline from the end of BBS where he's, he's searching for people to build this team.
1: It would be really interesting. And I, I, sorry, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but now that you got me thinking about it, I'm really going to be curious if it is somehow mentioned in the Snyder cut. Um, Because if that is how he gets his info about the metas, um, it is such a, a fun way of, you know, them really trying to lead into Justice League with that film. And, and it's it's just such a great scene to see him interacting with Amanda Waller. Him just being, you know, Batman in that scene for, you know, what is it, a two-minute scene, if that. And it's just him going about his thing after the death of Superman, really just doing his detective work and, and not being threatened by Amanda Waller at all. And also they do the little dig that Amanda Waller knows who he is, which is just a great um a great thing for her character as well in that film.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that was a great scene of just overall. Yeah. But so one thing I noticed while I was doing research for this episode have you ever seen the controversy over the the reshoots for Suicide Squad as as it pertains to Batman?
1: I did not know that there were any Batman reshoots in Suicide Squad.
0: See, I didn't either, but I saw an article a few days ago about the differences be- in the cowls in uh, Suicide Squad. And if you go back and watch, you can actually see that there are scenes with the BVS cowl, and there are scenes with the Justice League cowl. Really? Yeah. It, it, it was. It was fascinating to me, and people had actually taken – taken screenshots of the movie and like zoomed them in and you can tell the distinct difference between the cows.
1: Wow. And I would assume it's because originally maybe he was a little bit more brutal in his fight sequences and they wanted to tone it down a little bit for suicide squad. I I don't know. I
0: I mean, that would be speculation at this point, but it it does lead you to believe that he came back on set while they were filming justice league to do something with Suicide Squad.
1: Well, if you remember, there was also I remember the controversy of there were no machine guns in the front of the Batmobile in Suicide Squad.
0: Oh, you know what? I had completely forgotten about that, but you're right.
1: That was a big deal where people were like, "Oh, they ha- they, you know, look, he doesn't have the machine guns on anymore and I wonder if that was an afterthought." Where like they were like, you know what, let's just take the machine guns off the Batmobile for Suicide Squad because people didn't like him in BVS. And that's speculation on my part as well. But there was always just so much controversy around Ben's Batman with the whole killing thing in BVS, which, again, was the whole point of the movie. So it almost made sense for him to not have the machine guns Mm -hmm. in Suicide Squad because it's post um, Superman's death. That's the whole point of him redeeming himself. But I digress.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say too. It's it, it seems logical for him to have scaled back the violence post BBS. But anyway, so we touched on Justice League and the possible reshoots with the with Suicide Squad. But then we go from Suicide Squad to Justice League. And so I remember reading the stories about what was going on with Zach, and I remember about Joss coming in and things like that. And I didn't freak out. I didn't think it was gonna be a bad thing. I I you know, I thought Joss was just coming in to as everybody did, just to to finish up what what Zach had started. And then when the movie came out, so Justice League released on November thirteenth, twenty seventeen. And I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, I'm not gonna use revisionist history I remember really enjoying my first viewing of Justice League. How about yourself?
1: Um so just to just in case someone questions it, so November thirteenth was the Monday um that the fan screenings took place. The movie You're was right. actually yes. released November seventeenth.
0: Yes, you are correct.
1: So I did see it on the 13th though. I had one of those early screenings. Um, I was pumped. Um, I am like you. I will not be revisionist history. I thought everything was still okay. Um, I was okay with Whedon coming on board. I was even okay with Elfman doing the score. I even listened to that score before the movie was released. And I wanted to like everything about this movie. And I will say I did enjoy the movie. Um, I bought into everything I was being sold. I even was looking at scenes in the film going, I could see that being a Zach thing. And I was trying to pick apart. The hardest part to look past was the the obvious CGI issues in the movie. But Mm -hmm. as far as the movie itself, I had a lot of fun with the movie. There were definitely parts that bothered me. But the movie as a whole, I kind of came out with it going it wasn't the movie i had wanted as far as ending of zack's trilogy with superman but it was a fun justice league movie and that is what the studio wanted and i took it as a fun compromise and that was it it wasn't until later that everything started to kind of unravel
0: yeah um and to your point with the CGI, I will say that the first scene when the movie opens, when you immediately see that lip, I did go "oh no," <laughs>
1: but I, everyone did. It was like yeah. lot, it was like they were like putting their cards on the table right away. <laughs> yeah, like they, like, started. oh
0: man. But Ugh. I did. I, I got over it pretty quickly, and, and like I said, I, I enjoyed the first viewing. It was only on repeated viewings that I started noticing things like. You know, even though we've already mentioned Batman's arc was different and it was always going to be different following what happened in BVS, there was a complete tonal shift in how the character acted in this film. It just didn't seem like the same person.
1: Well, and that's the thing. If we're strictly talking Batman, I was not happy from day 1 with Batman's depiction. The movie mm-hmm. itself was what it was, but I will never I don't like quips and, you know, humor for humor's sake, and unfortunately, the worst humor in the movie is Batman's. They didn't it, need it really is that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I I won't say it's the worst humor cuz there's a few You're, things like the-
1: <laughs> I yeah, I, I try to forget the I, as far as the heroes go, as far yeah. as the superheroes go, I'm not even talking about that one scene. Um because I think we're both talking about the same scene.
0: Yeah, but we are.
1: I will say though as far as the vocal humor um for the superheroes go, Batman's quips, because that's what they are, they're just dumb. You know, forced humor for no reason, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you found anything through your research. Maybe you can you know put a little bit more light on it than I could. I don't remember Ben Affleck speaking out publicly during the reshoots to ease people's concern as much as some of the other cast members.
0: No, he didn't, but this was also this was also around the time that. Ben Affleck's personal issues were really starting to come to the forefront.
1: That's so, right. I mean, and there was so much other stuff going on, even with you know the rumors of him leaving. That was like mm-hmm. the big thing. Was we were expecting to get the story of him leaving the Batman prior to Justice League coming out. Like we, they were. Everyone was like, they're waiting for Justice League to come out before they start really releasing that everything is gone.
0: Yeah. So. Before the film had come out, I mean earlier that year we had found out that um he was stepping away from directing the Batman i mean that yeah. was in January of twenty seventeen from from what i from my from what my research tells me um so we already knew that he was not directing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then everything with Justice League, like you said, we really didn't get anything from Ben on that on on like you said, to ease anybody's minds over what was going on. But needless to say, Justice League was a critical and commercial failure, a complete flop. But following Justice League, we still had the hopes of, of Batman, of the Batman solo movie, even though we knew Ben wasn't directing it. And it took quite a while. I, I actually thought it was sooner than this, but Ben actually didn't announce that he was completely departing the project until January of 2019.
1: 2019? 2019. Damn, I was thinking I thought you were going to say 2018 because I remember it being after Justice League. But wow. So they yeah it yeah, was struggled for a long time.
0: Yeah, it was it was quite a while, um, and I. I believe I had pulled – it was one of the major trades. It was either Variety or Hollywood Reporter or something like that, but that's that's where I got that. It was January of 2019 when he I announced do it. I
1: believe it because I remember yeah. it, it just
0: –
1: there was just never any news whatsoever on that movie once Matt Reeves was attached to it. We just – because Matt Reeves was doing other stuff, so it was just – it just mm-hmm. – nothing happened with it.
0: Yeah, uh, well – and it does track though because the Jimmy Kimmel appearance, the "I'm Not Batman" appearance, was Valentine's Day, 2019.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, which did you've seen that clip? I'm assuming.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've seen the whole clip, but I've seen him say "I'm not Batman," and then the, they they hang the uh, it's like a jersey to the rafters or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> It's actually it's a it's a pretty funny little clip honestly. I, it's it's sad because I really really didn't want to see Ben step away, but I I think we also knew at this point that his uh he was starting he was starting to to find a better place in life.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: looked he looked very healthy in in that video. So at the time I think everybody was like, you know what, if it's the best for him and his health great, you know. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, shortly after this, uh, we we did know that Ben was in a better place in his life. He had found sobriety and, and apparently peace, and um, he started gaining traction with new roles in movies like Triple Frontier and The Way Back. And all the while, while this is going on, the release of the Snyder Cut movement is just Building and building and building, and we all know what it's led to, but one of the major moments uh, came in November of 2019, actually November 17th, 2019, when Ben Affleck on his Twitter page tweeted, hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. you? I'm sure you remember this day, Joe.
1: I do, because that was when um – for lack of a better phrase, that was when shit got real. Like (laughs) that was, (laughs) I remember just going, holy wow. And it's such a dumb thing because it takes the guy like two seconds to be like, oh yeah, I forgot to tweet this out real quick. But it just meant so much to everything that he did. And I I don't remember if he was before or after Gal Gadot.
0: I think he was Uh. after. They were this. It was the same day, but I don't remember. I don't remember who was first, but
1: I just remember, yeah, that whole day was just insanity because that was the day that really it started to feel like something was happening. Because when you have someone like Ben Affleck tweet that out, you know, he has that that status when he says something like that, it just means so much more. And this is not to, you know, this is not to diminish anyone else that is involved in justice league, but nobody has been Affleck, especially in Warner brothers eyes for him to go kind of go against Warner brothers by doing that. Mm -hmm. um, It really was just a special thing. And um, we know it meant a lot to Zach. We know that, um, Zach and him actually had had conversations about it and, uh, Ben's been more public about everything that's happened since then, obviously. And it was just really cool. Um, he spoke about it on the way back, uh, press tour, if I
0: remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. He sure did. And what what's amazing about it is that we've, we found out since then that I believe Zach actually asked Gal and Ben to tweet the hashtag.
1: Yeah, so I've never heard him actually say he asked Gal. I have specifically heard him say he texted Ben, hey, they're doing this thing. Yeah. I believe those are exact words were they're doing this thing and Ben said, absolutely, you know, to help you out, absolutely, I'll do it. And um, I that might have even been on the, you know, the way back interview where he's like, I really hope they do release it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, Ben has always been so supportive of Zach because he really believed in what Zach was doing with the character. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's nice that the two of them still have that great respect for each other, even after all the BS that has happened around, um, you know, these films that they were involved in. It's crazy to think (laughs) they've only been involved other than Suicide Squad, which isn't Zach. They've really only been involved in two films together. It feels like we've had, ben affleck as batman in a lot more films than that doesn't it
0: yeah it it does but, it, but the, it the thing is like, it,
1: never that. like it's it's crazy how it can kind of go both ways
0: it does it, that's exactly what i was going to say it it feels like he's been batman for such a long time now but it also feels like we haven't gotten nearly enough of him
1: it's crazy to think we haven't gotten a solo project from him and I know. And I feel like we've gotten so much great Batman stuff, and not one solo project It's just insanity.
0: And unfortunately, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but at this point, it doesn't seem like we're gonna get a solo project with Ben. But we are gonna get more Batman. So, but anyway, a few months later, after the after Ben tweeted hashtag release the Snyder Cut in November of 2019. And it's it's been on record that that day was what got the ball rolling. But after years of fan support and rallying um, on May 20th, 2020, during a commentary for Man of Steel, Zack Snyder announced that we were going to get Zack Snyder's Justice League. We were going to get the Snyder cut, which also marked the return of Ben Affleck, Batflack, as Batman. So I know you, I mean, we, we were talking about this constantly at this point, but what, what are your memories of, of the day that the announcement came?
1: I remember watching it, and I watched the whole commentary, and I watched the questions at the end, and I watched Henry come on and then they trolled us and we really didn't think anything was going to happen until the last second and I just remember it still doesn't feel real sometimes because how did we get to the point where this is happening like we fought f- for so long and I still it still doesn't seem real sometimes to me i i have to admit that because it was such a it felt like a pipe dream for you know from 2017 to 2020 it was like down the road way wishful thinking to the point like didn't it seem like it, it's happened so quick like that was last may and it felt like a long time when they released it because they said next year mm-hmm. but it when you saw that pop up on the screen, it was just so weird. It was such a weird feeling of, I don't know, relief and excitement and everything.
0: Well, yeah, and if, if you think about like the time frame between the theatrical release and the announcement that we were getting the Snyder Cut, and then you think about something like the Donner Cut of Superman – Yep. I. It's amazing how quick this actually happened. But, yeah, I I remember the day vividly. I mean, it was only last year, but it was. It, it was it, like you said, it was almost to the point of just being unbelievable. And it, I was I was thrilled, and I thought, you know, we're just we're gonna get all this stuff that we we never saw. And I was happy with that, and then we found out several months later in September of 2020 that they were actually – Zach was actually going to do additional photography, which would include Ben Affleck donning the cow and the suit again, which I thought at this point was never, ever going to happen again. So, what, what did you think finding out that Ben was coming back to shoot additional scenes?
1: Well, so I had to look this up, and I, I want to ask you if you remember this. It was February 29th when they announced the winners of the poster contests for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he released a mm-hmm. photo of the slate. Do you remember that?
0: I do remember that.
1: So, when, that, when Zack put that up, That was the first day I really started to believe that it was going to be real. But I wanted to look it up because I couldn't remember the exact names on the slate. So it says, the scene is something cool with Batman, Superman, Lois, or Martian Manhunter. Um, And then the winner of the slate... Please extend to the bearer of this slate the right to pass all security protocols and the permission to operate this motion picture scene and sync marker on the set of any additional photography for the motion picture known as Zack Snyder's Justice League in the unlikely and purely speculative event that such photography is needed. So Mm -hmm. I love just looking back at that thinking. So, yeah, Zack, Zack was not the type of person that's going to post that if that wasn't even a possibility. So, <laughs> looking back, I mean, that, that'd that be pretty messed up, but I, I just don't see that from him. So, when Which also, up,
0: that's, that's a ton of verbiage to fit on a movie slate, just saying.
1: Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> that's on the back of it. That's on the back yeah. of the front of it. <laughs> but it's just – so, we know by then he knew what was happening. I mean, we didn't know at the time, but by February, Zach had already worked out a lot of stuff. So when when they did finally announce that we were getting additional photography, I think we all expected something, but not to the extent that the news outlets were releasing information. And I just the fact that Ben Affleck was coming back because that was always a that was such a, a big thing for for Ben personally, for us as fans of him as a person to really just be happy for him. At least I know I was because it meant that Ben was comfortable enough. Like he didn't look at that suit as taboo anymore. He was, he was in a good place to come back for Zach to do something else. Um, it was, it was really cool to hear that. And I don't even know if it's confirmed who exactly did come back. Um, other than Ben, Uh, as far as we know, it was I want to say Amber Heard, Ray Fisher, um, Joe Manganello, Jared Leto. Who else am I missing?
0: Hmm. We've I don't think Henry or Gal came back.
1: As far as we know, no, because we think it's the nightmare stuff. But yeah. Anyway, as far as Ben goes, it was just it was just awesome that we were going to see more of Ben Affleck as Batman after all the BS that he's went through personally and with these movies. We never thought we were going to get to see him again, period, let alone for additional photography for a film that, you know, we never thought we were going to get anyway. It's mm-hmm. It's been a real crazy roller
0: coaster. It absolutely has. And that at that point, I was like, this is... So great for him, just like you just said, just all the crap that he's been through, and I just thought this was going to be a fantastic send-off for him as the character. Little did we know this is not going to be the send-off for the character (laughs) Um, because reported on August 20th, 2020 – Uh, In the movie – the upcoming movie The Flash, not only were we going to have Michael Keaton return as Batman, but we were also going to have Ben Affleck step into the role one more time as Batman, which those two – you said pipe dream earlier. That is an insane pipe dream to think that we're going to get both of those guys back in the cowl.
1: I tend to forget most of the time that he's even coming back in that film because i i always think of michael keaton coming back i keep and ben affleck coming back was reported before michael keaton if i remember
0: mm-hmm. right i think so
1: um i could be wrong but it was just such a a crazy moment i remember thinking that can't be real that can't be real vanity fair What what is this and um because they were the first ones that broke it if i remember right and Yeah, I'm just so excited. Again, it just goes back to that. I love the fact that Ben is comfortable coming back for these roles, no matter how big or small they are. He loves the character. He loves the part. And he is. I don't want to say he's willing to look past all the BS, but I, I am happy that he doesn't look at this as a chore. Because if he looked at it as a chore, he wouldn't be doing it because he doesn't need to do this.
0: No. I mean, if he if he looked at it as a chore, then this would – his career as Batman would be in the same column as his career as Daredevil. Exactly. And it's just not. You, you, I think it goes a long way to to show what kind of a person that Zack Snyder is, that Ben wants to come back and work with him, and also that, that how much enjoyment he gets out of the role that he still wants to come back and, and do more. But yeah, I mean that that brings us current to to where Ben Affleck is in the role of Batman and, and where he's going. So we are going to get more of Ben. And I just want to bring up that – I mean if you look at his filmography while he's been Batman, it includes Gone Girl, BVS, Suicide Squad, The Accountant, Live By Night, Triple Frontier, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, The Way Back – and just now Zack Snyder's Justice League, he's got two movies coming out this year not including Zack Snyder's Justice League and he's going to be in The Flash. So as as hard as some of this is, this may be the most high-profile and productive point in Ben Affleck's career while he's been Batman.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right with that. I think what was tough was around the time of Justice League coming out. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know there was a whole bunch of crap with Live by Night that he that was his passion project, and that was mm-hmm. I think the one negative that came out of all of this as far as his other films go. That was the only one that was hit with criticism. Um,
0: Very underrated, around, by the way
1: very underrated it's i love the film um and i forgot about the accountant in there which is another great film i think every film in that little section you just read like you said it's some of ben's best work i mean Mm -hmm. and i also damn like he's busy as hell to do all that while being batman um but good for him because He's clearly still able to do other projects while being Batman, and I think as long as that is the case, that's a positive for him continuing the role in some form or another, like I said, I'm not holding my breath um it's if he's done after the flash, he's done, and that's fine, but I may never say never, I'm hopeful, but I, I'm I'm not expecting it, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. That's, that's where I'll kind of say there. Um, Cause I, I really don't know. I, I mean, nothing is, nothing is being discussed or whatever, as far as we know, but I would yeah. love
0: anything past the flash at this point is, is speculative. Uh, yes. But I I couldn't have this show and not talk about Ben Affleck's Batman because I mean he is my absolute favorite on-screen interpretation of the character, and that's saying a lot because coming into BVS, I didn't think anybody was going to knock Christian Bale off of that perch. But I just – I love the way Ben plays the character. He is my favorite on-screen version. So I, I just had to talk about him, and this seemed like a really good – since we are on the cusp here of – uh of Zack Snyder's Justice League just just it it seemed fitting to talk about Ben on this show but thank you so much Joe for coming on and and talking a little Ben Affleck Batman with me
1: oh absolutely I was happy to do it Ben's Batman is is definitely I it's hard for me to pick a favorite Batman but Ben is definitely in that conversation because he brought something so different and so uh, what's the word I'm looking for so inspired, you know, that's, I think that's what you ask for with these characters is give me a reason on why we need a different interpretation of this character. And that's what Ben brought. And that's what brought Ben to this part. So I'm, I'm so thankful that we got that. And the fact that we're going to see more of it still after everything that's gone on is just so exciting. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me on to talk about it. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, absolutely. For sure um if the folks want to find you uh they want to connect with you where can they do that
1: i am on twitter and instagram as j 11 i'm in uh the facebook groups as joe forno um that's like the real fans group i'm in some other comic discussion groups there you can find me um on vero as joseph fornerado
0: excellent and if you would like to find me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Vero at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. If you'd like to find the show, once again, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at T-F-R-Batpod. You can also email the show if you would like to at T-F-R-Batpod at gmail.com. And I would just ask that if you're enjoying the show, please just give us a rate and a review. We'd sure appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with AT&T, Warner Brothers, or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. I want you to remember, Clark,
1: in all the years to
0: come, in all your most private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you.